Before we get started today, I wanted to let you in on a little something I've been working on over the past five or six months. For parents of teenagers, there's a lot of pressure and confusion around getting them ready for life beyond high school, whether that's college or something else. So many options to consider, so much to know about college prep and admissions, and crucial development that needs to happen in students' lives during this time. Well, it would be fantastic if every parent could hire a one-on-one consultant or counselor to walk them through the junior high and high school years, but that's just not financially viable for most people. So I'm putting together digital courses designed to walk you through everything I think you need to know. I spent 10 years in academic advising at two different universities, and that experience gave me a lot of insight into how parents navigate the teen years well and some of the pitfalls they may encounter. These digital courses are designed to pass on that experience to you in an affordable, go-at-your-own-pace format that you can go back to over and over again as you reach new milestones. They are still in the works, but if it's something you're interested in learning more about when they're ready to go, the best thing you can do is join my email list. I'll put the link in the show notes below so that you can do that easily. And if there's anything you really like for me to cover in these courses, please feel free to let me know. Your questions help me stay relevant. So that's the big news. So excited to share it with you today. But let's get to the episode. You're listening to the Strategic College and Career Planning Podcast. As a parent of a high schooler, you are the perfect person to prepare and guide him or her through decisions about college selection, taking college credit in high school, deciding on a major, and actually thriving in the post-high school experience. But in my experience working in higher education, I found too many parents and students are overwhelmed by their options, confused about how to achieve their goals, and lack hope for their future. My name is Leah Smith, and I'm bound and determined to enable young people to find and achieve their calling and help high school families make wise decisions in pursuit of their educational, vocational, and financial goals. Through bite-sized episodes covering a wide variety of college and career topics, we'll cut through the mystery and set you up to make great decisions. Welcome to the podcast. Hi there, friends. Last week, we talked about three of six ways to help your teen develop hope, specifically hope for their future. And today, we're going to be covering the last three of those six ways to develop hope. Just so you have an idea of where we're going, those three ways are to talk with them about the disappointments they've experienced, set them up to succeed in something hard, and to help them see beyond themselves. So, Going back to talking to them, this is potentially one of the most uh, difficult and depressing points that I have, but I think it is really, really important, especially coming out of COVID. Our teenagers need a safe place to process and express what they have experienced, especially the disappointments that they've experienced, because disappointment and hope are very connected in that if you hope for something and it doesn't happen, you experience disappointment. And if you experience disappointment enough, it can really undermine our ability to be hopeful. So thinking about our kids and what they experienced uh, in COVID, 
they experienced sports seasons getting canceled and theater performances getting canceled and their social lives getting completely turned upside down. So you think about all the things that a normal teenager or preteen would be hopeful about, so many of those things got canceled. The family vacations, the trips to Disney, the going to the movies, all kinds of things because they all got shut down, understandably so, that led to a lot of disappointment for all of us, not just our kids. But they really, if they haven't already been able to talk through what that was like for them, I really think it's important that they do that with you or or with a counselor or somebody who they feel comfortable and safe with so that rather than festering, that dis- disappointment is recognized and validated and then put to sleep. This would also be a good opportunity for them to walk into forgiveness and uh, choosing hope instead of bitterness, all those things. So these are good life skills that you're giving them by talking to, the, to them about the disappointments they've experienced. But my concern would be if they aren't acknowledged, then it's very likely that they'll just fester and lead our students to just not developing hope at all because they've experienced so many of those hopes being unfulfilled. So talk with them or provide a space for them to talk to somebody else about the disappointments that they've experienced in their lives and then how to cope with those disappointments because we know these are not going to be the last disappointments that they ever experience. So maybe asking them about uh, what skills they learned to respond and move forward or what skills they need to learn to do that is going to be really helpful. Okay, the next point is to set them up to succeed in something hard. Now, there is a lot of talk in the higher education space about resilience. This is a catchphrase that is used a whole lot among higher ed professionals right now. And it's because what we're seeing is that a lot of college students don't have as much resilience as we would like them to or as their older brothers, sisters, parents would have had in college. So the way that the Cambridge Dictionary defines resilience is the ability to be happy, successful, etc. again after something difficult or bad has happened. This, of course, has always been necessary and always been a skill that we've needed to have, a muscle that we've needed to develop, but especially now, it's very, very important. So we know that any student going into college is going to experience difficult or bad things or failures, and they need to have the resilience to bounce back from that. Another definition of this, which I think is a really helpful visual, is the ability of a substance to return to its usual shape after being bent, stretched, or pressed. So you think of like silly putty, or uh, maybe that's not the best example, but a rubber ball that you can squeeze, and if you let up that pressure, it will go right back to its original shape. So I think that if you translate that into a human life, 
it's yes you you respond to or you are affected by something bad that that has happened but you have whatever it takes internally to bounce back again so resilience very very important in a lot of different aspects the other thing that i think is very important for college students is that they have self-efficacy some of them are going to naturally have this more than others but Everyone needs it, at least to a certain extent. Self-efficacy, according to the Cambridge Dictionary, is a person's belief that they can be successful when carrying out a particular task. So this is a little bit different than, say, knowing strengths or being confident in ways that you're gifted. It's having the confidence to receive an assignment of some sort and believe that you have the capability to fulfill that assignment. So in school, this is really easy to see. If your professor gives you homework, self-efficacy is the belief that you can complete the homework and you can complete it successfully. So it's really important as well that students have appropriate self-efficacy, not too much or unfounded so that they turn in something that's not actually good, but they thought it was, but not too little so that they get discouraged and don't try. So all of those things relate to a lot of positive emotions and beliefs. I think that hope is tied very specifically to resilience and self-efficacy. So hope and resilience, it would be the hope that they can get over whatever negative thing they experienced and that life isn't always like that. And self-efficacy is the hope that they can do what's asked of them. Well, one of the best ways for young people to develop these things is to try something hard. Whatever you can do to set them up, not to encounter something that's so difficult that they won't be able to do it successfully, but to encounter something that is appropriately difficult so that you know they have what it takes, but you also know that it's going to take some work and dedication and discipline for them. So some examples of this could be entering a contest where they're competing against other students, joining a team where maybe they have to work with peers in a way that they're not used to, preparing a quote-unquote stretch piece of music for a recital, so not settling with something that they feel comfortable with, but really pushing themselves to perform something that's a little bit out of their comfort zone, or something like calling an admission counselor on their own. So starting to take on, depending on how old your student is, of course, but if, let's say, they are a junior or senior in college, or I'm sorry, high school, they are getting ready to move on into college, it would be very appropriate for them to start making phone calls and sending emails on their own, on their own behalf. But for a lot of kids, if not most kids, that can be a really daunting, difficult thing to do. So there's plenty of other examples of this, and you know your kids best, and I'm sure you can think of some things that would be a good uh, good fit for them and a good opportunity for them to build resilience and self-efficacy, but while they're in high school, it really will be important for them to attempt something that is hard, but they realistically have the ability to succeed in. And what that does is it starts to tell them, number one, if they push through the difficult situation or the difficult circumstance that they can get 
into a better place. So that's the resilience piece and then the self-efficacy that they have what it takes to do things that are difficult. Finally, help them to see beyond themselves. So because of where teens are in their development, they tend to be naturally more self-focused. And this is not a terrible thing. This isn't something that you need to be super worried about. Just because they are more self-conscious and more self-focused now doesn't mean that you're going to have an egotistical maniac on your hands when they get to adulthood. It just means that they're going through a natural part of development when they're much more self-conscious, much more aware of how their peers view them. They're trying to figure out how they fit into their social world. And you probably remember this from when you were a teenager and see it in your kids and other kids. So again, nothing to be terribly concerned about right now, but it is something that you can start speaking into and providing opportunities for your student to start to see the world beyond themselves. Teens, and really we all have a tendency to feel like or see ourselves as the center of the universe. And most of us do grow out of this at least to a certain extent. But you can do some things that will help your teen move in that direction. Service opportunities are a great way to do this. Even things as small as babysitting their younger siblings or helping out with more chores around the house could be good, but I really think it's helpful for them to get outside of the home and start to see the world around them. So this could be volunteering with a homeless shelter or volunteering at church in the children's ministry or just whatever it is, whatever opportunities are available to you that will help them see that there are people in the world who have struggles that they don't have or have less than they have or whose lives are not quite as easy as theirs etc, etc. Hopefully it will also start to give them an idea of how they can live their lives in a way that that will continue to serve and bless and empower and uh, respond to some of the need that they see in the world. It's really easy to get hopeless when all we are focused on is ourselves because we learn our weaknesses and limitations pretty quickly. But a great way to build hope is to put yourself in a situation in which your time and effort and care will actually impact the lives of other people and to see others doing the same thing. So to be involved with organizations that are actively responding to needs in the community will give them an idea of what's possible when people get together, when they have a mission and a vision and resources and turn those things to serving others. Now, this doesn't mean that your student will go on to be a social worker and have a job working with the homeless community. Not necessarily. There are ways to serve the world as a software engineer and as an accountant so So this isn't supposed to be their fast track into a certain career field. This is more for the sake of helping them see the needs of the world around them and recognizing themselves as a potential answer to some of those needs. And then as their parent, you can start helping them see how their actual career interests could be used to serve and love other people. Okay. 
that's what I have for us today. Now, as the parent of your student, you know them so much better than I do, and I'm sure that you can identify some other ways to develop hope in your student or how to implement these things or what may or may not be helpful for them. But I hope ultimately it's been really helpful for you. And at the very least, know that if you feel like your teen is struggling with hopelessness or is just struggling to see a future that is good, that they're not alone, and that there are a lot of things that you can do and ways that you can support them in developing that hope. There are so many good things for them to look forward to, so I hope that this provides some useful tools that will enable them to see those things. Thanks so much for listening today. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and leave a kind rating and review so more families find this information and encouragement. I hope you found this episode helpful. Just wanted to let you know that we can make much more progress through personal coaching. Please check out my website at callingandcollegiateconsulting.com to continue the conversation and learn more about coaching opportunities for you and your child. I'll be sure to include a link to my website in the show notes below. So much is possible for your student, but very little just happens. I'm excited to help you strategically plan for their future.